Hello, welcome to a podcast for The Lancet Oncology. It's August 2019. I'm Gavin Cleaver, and I'm pleased to be joined today by Eric Deutsch to discuss his recent work on radioimmunotherapy. Eric, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's a pleasure. So could you briefly introduce for us the concept of radioimmunotherapy and why it's such a potentially exciting prospect for cancer treatment? Okay, so first, radiation therapy is very old. It's a very old treatment. Uh, it's it's the second contributor in terms of definitive cancer cure after surgery. And there are, way, there are numerous uh, attempts to improve the results of radiation therapy uh, by a combination of drugs that have been uh, implemented the last, uh, the last decades. Uh, the most widely used is chemoradiation, that is a mainstay uh, in several tumor types. But since uh, classical combinations with cytotoxic agents like cisplatinums or 5-HU derivatives, uh, all the attempts to improve the uh, efficacy of radiation therapy, both in terms of local control and survival, have more or less failed when uh, considering combinations of uh, so-called targeted therapies and radiotherapy. Uh, the recent developments of uh, immune-targeting uh, compounds, especially uh, checkpoint inhibitors, uh, in sharp contrast to uh, uh, targeted therapies, uh, the previous uh, waves of uh, uh, new drugs, uh, has totally changed the landscape because it has offered avenues not only to increase local control, but also to um, increase uh, the overall patient survival because these approaches have been shown to efficiently not only tackle the local uh, challenge, which is uh, increasing the uh, local efficacy of radiotherapy, but also they have been able to induce and propagate systemic anti-cancer immunity, uh, eventually leading to uh, uh, a decrease in uh, uh, metastasis and a gain in survival. And this has been um, culminating by the fact that uh, uh, immune checkpoint inhibitors combined to uh, chemoradiation uh, in locally advanced lung cancer have shown uh, uh, a significant improve in survival uh, which led to a uh, uh, registration of a drug. So this is uh, uh, something really uh, showing us that this is not only a nice preclinical concept, but this is also a concept that translates into a reality for patients. Yeah, absolutely. So you're, you're involved with the series uh, in this month's issue of The Lancet Oncology. Looking at some of the papers in that series, what disease settings could radio immunotherapeutic approaches be viable for? And why does this combination approach seem particularly promising for these disease settings? Well, uh, I, I think probably the, the most striking uh, the, the most striking phenomenon is the induction of abscopal effects. So this is something which is extremely rare into the clinic, but which has been shown in, in, in various preclinical models, but that that has that has also been shown to to be a reality in, in some specific clinical trial design. The the capacity to focally uh, irradiate 
few metastatic lesions in a metastatic patient in combination with uh, uh, immune checkpoint inhibitors and to induce a massive tumor response, not only for the irradiated sites, but also for the non-irradiated tumor sites. So this is something really, I think, intriguing um, because this is really a, a, a new paradigm. Uh, and this opens, uh, I mean, this paves the way for, for, for a lot of new combinations of uh, immunotherapies uh, and radiotherapy. But this also uh, asks probably many, many questions. Uh, and, and to answer those questions, we really need to, uh, to gather uh, our expertise together between radiation oncologists, medical oncologists, and also immunologists, which are to this discussion and this research. Just to, to, to illustrate the, the fact that we really uh, are facing new questions, the fact that radiotherapy may have an effect on the immune cells, which is not necessarily linear to the radiation dose. To give you an example of that, for years we've been considering that uh, radiotherapy was just killing the uh, immune cells, whatever the, the immune cells, they were just killed by radiotherapy. But now we know that um, in subsettings, according to the dosing of radiotherapy, according also to the scheduling of radiotherapy, we may induce uh, the activation of some uh, specific immune cells like macrophages or lymphocytes. Uh, this is something very important, and this is something that we may uh, uh, potentially introduce in our next generation chemoradiation regimens, because maybe we, we need to fine-tune our dose prescription according to immune parameters into the tumors. And another example of that is that we don't know if we will have to uh, to adapt our radiotherapy volumes. Uh, so far, the mainstay is to irradiate tumors and the draining lymph nodes and to perform in most, in the majority of, uh, of settings where we perform curative radiotherapy to perform elective lymph node irradiation, prophylactic lymph node irradiation. But if you take into account the fact that uh, when you irradiate a lymph node, which is draining a tumor, you may irradiate the site where the crosstalk between the um, immune cells and the tumor cell occurs, you may want to spare those lymphocytes, uh, the, 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 those lymph nodes. Uh, so do we have to adapt our radiation volumes according to the uh, uh, fact that we want to stimulate and propagate immune response after radiotherapy when we combine immune checkpoints uh, inhibitors to radiotherapy. This is probably something that we will know more about when we have the, the results of some clinical trials where we perform um, stereotactic radiotherapy of the gross tumor volumes without the draining lymph nodes. So there are several such clinical trials ongoing at the moment. And I think in a year from now, we, we will get those, those answers maybe. So what are some of the factors that kind of still remain to be determined when when we think about optimizing radioimmunotherapeutic approaches, for instance, in terms of fractionation, dose, scheduling, delivery volumes, toxicity, that kind of thing? Yes, I mean, all these parameters are key. Uh, I, I think, well, first, toxicity is the first thing that, that, that needs to be addressed because we, we, we had the, the, the experiences in the past of gemcitabine and other compounds 
which um, were adding toxicities uh, to, to our treatment. So we, we need to know whether each novel uh, immune therapy candidates uh, targeting compounds on the, on the block is or not increasing toxicity. Because now we have data that show that, for instance, if you modulate macrophages, if you modulate lymphocytes in some settings, you may um, diminish or increase the uh, normal tissue toxicity. So this is really underscoring the fact that the immune and inflammatory component uh, is not only important for tumor cure, but is also important for normal tissue response and toxicity after radiotherapy. Uh, and if we want to know, and if we want to think about the next uh, combination uh, of immune therapies uh, with radiotherapy beyond PDL1, CTLA4 inhibitors, uh, and PD1 inhibitors, uh, well, we have many, many candidates, but these candidates, they will first have to be considered on the side uh, of uh, toxicities. And we will first have to, to get rid of uh, any uh, potential increase of toxicities before considering uh, embarking on uh, into large clinical trials with those agents. So I, I think what you say, the, the volumes are, are key, and I think the example of the draining lymph node irradiation uh, is, uh, is a clear example of that. The, the, the radiation dose also is important because you may say, well, um, if we are able to increase and induce uh, systemic immunity, local immunity and systemic immunity when I use radiotherapy and immunotherapy, do we have to uh, use such high radiation dose as the one that you are using today? Um, this we don't have the answer yet, but maybe uh, at least this is my uh, my gut feeling my gut feeling is that immunoradiotherapy could be a way to de-escalate radiation dose in some uh, good pronostic tumors such as hair and neck hpc positive tumors so there, there there is no definitive evidence yet but this is something i think uh, at least promising which has to be tested in the clinic because if you are able to decrease like uh, 15 or 20 percent of prescribed radiation dose in such tumors, then you will eventually uh, get a, a significant uh, gain in quality of life for the for the cured patients. So, looking to the future, then, uh, what are some of the next steps in helping to develop the radio immunotherapy field? For instance, possibly combining it with monitoring approaches like imaging. I think that the next wave. The, the next wave uh, of developments will be uh, will be represented by the integration of personalization into the treatments, and personalization will uh, require uh, omics, will require uh, characterization of the tumors, because uh, obviously the tumor genes and mutations they nicely correlate. Uh, with specific patterns of inflammation, uh, with specific uh, immune uh, component subtypes. And of course, according to the immune patterns of the tumors, you may not require the same immunological uh, agents to be combined to radiotherapy to increase the treatment. And the other uh, very important uh, tool, uh, 
I think will be imaging because imaging uh, is a way uh, we have shown that and, and others also did that uh, during the last months uh, that imaging, especially radiomics, uh, is a way to address the inflammatory component of a tumor. So this is important for radiotherapy because uh, I, I'm not sure it will replace the information given by a biopsy, but if we had more than a biopsy, which we will never have with a single point biopsy first, and imaging can be repeated during treatment. So it can give you a prospective dynamic uh, vision of what happens into the tumor. So if you, if you have a patient with uh, several uh, metastases, which is treated with stereotactic radiotherapy and immunotherapy, and if this patient has a dissociated tumor response, then imaging can give you some insights regarding the differences between the responding and non-responding tumors, especially the fact that maybe, maybe some non-responding tumor, they uh, have a lack of infiltration by T cells, whereas the, the responding tumor, they are, they are infiltrated by, by, by T cells. So this, this is the thing that uh, I think we will uh, help a lot. Um, and it will help a lot not only to tailor uh, prospectively and dynamically the combinations and to monitor the responses, but it will also really help to optimize the uh, combinations of immunotherapies with radiotherapy. Well, that's great. And uh, you can read the series of papers online now at the Lancet Oncology. Eric Deutsch, thank you so much for speaking with me today. Okay. Thank you very much.